0: And today we have uh, Michael Zapersky with us, who is an expert in uh, helping people become uh, effective consultants. Michael has uh, worked throughout uh, the world uh, in providing services to billion dollar multinational corporations. Um, he's also published five books, very passionate about uh, the art of consulting and helping people become successful consulting. He actually has a training class that you can join and he'll talk about a special scholarship here in a moment um, we're really thrilled to have him uh, with us Michael thank you for joining us and can you tell everyone that's listening just a little bit about what brought you to you have a successful career what brought you to consulting and what can you teach us about what you've learned so far
1: yeah well great to be with you Brad thanks very much for having me on here uh, so, yeah, I mean, I've been consulting now for going on 20 years uh, and I really started actually the, during the transition uh, into college was when my cousin Sam and I started our, our first consulting business. It wasn't really thought of maybe necessarily at that time as a consulting business, but it was the first client facing business that we started. And that was a web design development company uh, back in the day when that was still fairly early. Uh, and uh, Sam's role was, was really more on the design and the development. And my role was working with the clients and communications and, and marketing. And that very quickly kind of gave us the experience of what uh, running a professional services firm was like. And we, a few years later, we started another company called Kanke Culture. Kanke is the Japanese word for relationship. So we've always been big believers in the importance of relationships. And anyone in the consulting business or in a professional services kind of role um, or or model needs to be very focused on relationships. And so that business got us working with all kinds of different firms. but. Uh, another year or two after that, I actually ended up going over to Japan and opening up a branch office for our company over there, where we had the opportunity to advise and um, and consult with organizations like Panasonic and Dow Jones and the Financial Times and uh, Royal Bank and a whole bunch of others. Um, and so, you know, fast forward, we've we had a lot of success there. Uh, I came back from Japan about five six years after that period of time, and uh, have since then kind of started and and ran uh, multiple other consulting businesses, but all along. You know, we were looking at what could we do that would allow us to to build a business, but one where we could really be doing it online. Uh, the goal for us has always been, you know, freedom with uh, in terms of flexibility, time-wise, being able to work and live anywhere in the world, uh, and really just kind of you know be in control of our own destinies. And so, uh, we created this concept for what is now ConsultingSuccess.com uh, as a way to first of all share with other consultants our experiences of building consulting businesses, you know, kind of stories from the trenches, the best practices, um, because we certainly have made many mistakes. And, you know, I look at those as just learning experiences, but we wanted to help others avoid making those same kind of missteps that we had and, um, and help them to achieve success faster. So we started consulting success without any monetization plan. Uh, we just put out content and articles sharing our experiences. Uh, and from there we had people say, Hey, this is really interesting you know, uh, great articles and content, but do you have a course that can go in more depth and detail? And we didn't, but we created one for people. And so that really took off. And then people said, Hey, this is really great. You know, really enjoying your course, but do you have a coaching program where we can work more closely with you? And we said, no, we don't, but we'll create one. And so we did. And so that's now been almost 11 years running consulting success, where we work with consultants all around the world in all different industries, helping them on the business side. So they come into our world typically already having a lot of skills uh, and experience in whatever walk of life that is or whatever industry that may be, but they're now looking to leverage those experiences by applying, um, you know, their experience, their expertise to help organizations. And that might be uh, a nonprofit. It might be, uh, you know, a kind of innovative emerging startup, or it might be a multi-billion dollar organization, but they're really coming to us for support on the business side of getting clients of figuring out their messaging and, who their ideal clients even should be and their proposals and really growing their business. So that's kind of where we are today is had um, have the privilege of working with hundreds of consultants personally in our coaching program and thousands more through our training programs.
0: It's really excellent. You know, during this pandemic, the economy on the other side is really unknown. And some people that will be listening to us today um, may have to create a new career their career may not be possible, or it may be limited or restricted. What's your advice for them on what? how do they pick what they consult in? What would they uh, consider or what are steps that you would advise them to take to develop that, what do I do next?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's two factors that are important to consider. The, the first is, um, you know, your strengths and, and really where do you want to play? Uh, You need to be thinking long-term and so don't just chase after the money, get very clear about, you know, what do you bring to the table because to be a successful consultant and really to be successful in in any area of life, you're going to have to commit to it for, you know, for a long time, typically, or or quite a period of time. Uh, And in this business, more than, than many, you know, you're going to be developing your intellectual property. You're going to be creating content whether that's articles or audio or video or, but you, you need to, that's a great way to demonstrate your expertise is by creating content and so if you're going to be doing that and doing that consistently over many years, then you might as well do it in an area that you actually enjoy, that you're interested in because not only will uh, the content you create be more interesting and more valuable to the marketplace, you'll actually create more of it because you enjoy doing it. Whereas if you're just chasing the money or chasing some opportunity that you think somehow will pay off down the road, you're unlikely to enjoy that process. And At the end of the day, it's all about making sure that you're feeling fulfilled and and, and happy and, and having enjoyment and not just making money. So. That's the first kind of piece of advice that I offer to, to everyone is to just get clear on, you know, what are your ex, what's your area of expertise? What do you enjoy doing? What are your strengths? And then the second is you have to overlay that or connect that to what the market wants. Uh, if you're very good at doing something but there's no one out there in the world that is willing to pay for it, then you might have a hobby but you don't have a business. And so it's important to look at what are your strengths? What are you a, a true expert at solving? How can you add value? And then seek out who are the people that have those problems that are actively looking for them to be solved or where can you add value that people will say, okay, this is valuable enough that I'm willing to invest to have that, that issue solved or to reach my desired state faster. And when you can kind of overlay those two or connect those two, uh, that's where you start to see great success. And one you know way to kind of short track or, or fast track that process is to look at where are others successful. So if you're the only person in the world, you know, you can't find anyone else that is doing what you want to be doing. It doesn't mean it's going to be impossible, but it's, there's probably a reason why it hasn't been done. Uh, most areas of consulting, most areas of business, you can find clues that others have done it before. And that's a, a really great advantage for you because you can look at what are people doing and how can you be a little bit different or how can you create a bit of, you know, uh, distinction, differentiation, or, or added value beyond what they're currently doing, which then makes you, uh, an even stronger kind of authority or or source of value that people will seek out.
0: I think that's excellent advice, Michael. Thank you. Myself, I've been consulting a little over 25 years. It's been part-time, but it's also been pro bono. So now that I'm retired from Fortune 250 companies, um, I typically go online to see who's looking for different work. Uh, there's the Upwork site that a lot of Uh, consultants and people go to what are some of your recommendations and how you find those opportunities
1: yeah Uh, i mean it's a a great point brad and and i can just to be very uh i guess transparent we've never used the upworks or the Fivers or any of those marketplaces to to find business Uh, and very few of our clients have so um i run a podcast called the consulting success podcast and i actually um I interviewed someone and his name's Justin Nasiri, I believe is his last name. And he talked about how he does a lot of his work or he finds clients on a platform like Upwork. But I can't speak from experience on that because I've, I've never done that. You know, I think typically people think about those platforms as, um, as a way to kind of find lower value opportunities, more transactional, people just looking for hourly rates or, you know, you, you position yourself a bit as a commodity. That's one perspective that people have. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think there are ways to, to actually use those platforms to generate leads. But again, I can't speak from experience because we haven't done it and neither have our clients. So, you know, what, what actually works uh, in our world, there's two parts to this. Uh, the first is what we would call outreach and that is typically the fastest way for you to start generating conversations with buyers or people that could, you know, invest in your, your services and uh, in, in the value that you offer. And that is getting very clear about who is your ideal client, who can you, you know, serve best, and then reaching out to them. And that might be through an email, a phone call, uh, LinkedIn. But once you know who you're going after, you develop a message that will resonate with them, uh, then it's as simple as getting in front of them and, and finding ways to add value and uh, you know, create a conversation and, and doing that consistently until you do have a conversation with them. Uh, so that's, that's the kind of the outreach or also known as outbound. The opposite of that is inbound, meaning that you put enough value into the marketplace or you're visible enough Uh, That your ideal clients start to notice you, you get their attention, you get their interest, and now they actually come to you. And that's a little bit of a longer term play because even if you write an article and put it on your website or put it on LinkedIn or whatever platform, it doesn't necessarily guarantee you that your ideal clients are going to see it. Whereas if you do outreach, I mean, you're pretty much guaranteed that if I go, okay, Brad, you're my ideal client, I can just call you today, leave you a voicemail, even if you don't pick up, and you're going to now know who I am. Or I can send you an email and you might not open it, but if I send you a second email or send you on LinkedIn, like after a while, you're going to probably know who this Michael guy is. So that, that's where the outreach can work a lot faster. But uh, the, the holy grail that most people seek is they don't want to be chasing. They don't want to have to prospect. They don't want to have to do you know all the follow-up to get in front of ideal clients, even though that's what's typically necessary if you're going to be in this business, especially in the early days. What people want is people coming to them. right? It's a lot easier to have an email um, or you receiving a phone call, someone saying, Hey, I want to use your services. I need your help. Well, to do that, it takes typically a little bit more time. You got to put enough content out there and be visible enough consistently enough that your ideal clients not only see you, but that they see you over and over again. And they see you as a source of value and a true authority and expert. Uh, and then when they have that problem that you can solve, then it's natural for them to reach out to you and say, Hey, you know, uh, I noticed you did this or that, or you helped. This person I saw so you create this, you know, this case study that you put out, whatever it is. Uh, we're having this issue. Can we chat? Um, and again, that can take some time, but that is ultimately where you want to end up. And so it's about doing both of those higher percentage typically at the beginning of outreach until you build up a kind of enough momentum and reach that tipping point where your inbound then starts to take over, and then you can flip the percentages and spend a lot more time on the inbound long-term stuff
0: excellent um i know a a couple of consultants friends of mine some during this pandemic have lost all their clients um some have gained clients some have stayed fairly consistently like i have stayed fairly consistently what is your advice or outlook on consulting as we're going through the pandemic and coming out of the pandemic is there any advice that you would give uh, to people that are concerned about that or being affected by that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just ran a three-day boot camp um, last week on, on this topic or to, kind of looking at this topic, and so I'll share what I shared there, which is I think now is probably, um, you know, the best time in history to be a consultant. And, and the reason for that is that organizations, in terms of their, their footprint or, you know, their in-house kind of office space, right, that's, that's shrinking. Um, many companies are, are, have decided and they've even told their employees, you know what, like, you don't have to ever come back to the office. In fact, we have this you know, million square feet or whatever. We're, we're cutting down to 100,000 square feet because you all don't need to come in and you have the option to work anywhere in the world. And so what's happening now is organizations uh, are looking for ways to, to run more efficiently and more effectively. Uh, and if you think about the comparison of bringing on a full time person where you not only have to go out and find that person, uh, then you have to, you know, hire them. Then you have to train them. Then you have to pay them their full-time salary and their benefits and, you know, insurance and all this other stuff. And you compare that to just going on and getting an expert that you can instantly plug in, and they can just hit the races and start, you know, creating results for you. Um, that's going to be the preferred uh, path for for many companies because they can get the result they want um, much more profitably and and a lot faster. Um, the other hesitancy that many organizations had before, kind of pre-pandemic was, yeah, you know, we, we really want to hire a full-time in-house position because the culture is so important for us. It was, it's a mindset, you know, that people had. is the, the way that they've always done things was bring someone in-house, you know, train them, have them long-term. Well, again, the pandemic has shaken that whole model up and what companies are recognizing is, hey, you know, what? like we actually have been running fairly well with everyone working from home, maybe we don't actually need people that are full time. Maybe we don't need people in office. And so now that kind of initial hesitation around working with external advisors, consultants, coaches, that some people had, not all, many organizations were totally fine with that. They, they encouraged it, they loved it. But some the organizations that did have some hesitancy around that, I think that has dissipated or been, you know, eliminated at least to a large degree. And so uh, now consultants uh, are able to get into organizations, I believe a lot um, faster. Than they would have been in, in some situations.
0: Well, I think that's excellent advice, and I think it's a good way to look at it in terms of a lot of organizations, whether for profit nonprofit. non profit, they're changing. Um, one organization that I know has now discovered that one of their largest expenses is their lease. Do I mean, they actually need to have that expense going forward? Exactly. I know for myself, when I help nonprofits start, or I help a startup or a small business, one of the things that people Know least about is the structure of a business. How to properly manage it. How to properly have a margin and reserves and retirement and plan for the future. So many small business people work and work and work, and then when they can't work anymore, whether it be physically or other situations, what? Where's my savings? Where's my retirement? Does your uh, the classes that you provide, the training that you provide, does it go into the structure of hey, I've never been self-employed before. I've never run a business. I just got my paycheck and it's easy. Um, do you help people figure that out and give them advice on that? And if so, what's the main things you talk about?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a really good point. Um, so we do some of that in our coaching program with our clients where we can kind of tailor advice to their specific situation. You know, everyone's financial situations are, are, are different, um, but there's a great book on, on this topic called Profit First by Michael McAllowitz. That I would recommend uh, for people, kind of, you know, looking at better understanding their their finances. Um, but I'm a, I'm a very big believer in this. Um, you know, I kind of got schooled by my father at a young age about the importance of saving and investing, and um, you know, just thinking kind of conservatively about about finances. But what I've also realized over the last you know two decades of of building multiple businesses uh, is that your business is actually your best investment. There's no you know really nowhere else that you can go and you know, you you invest, let's just call it a thousand dollars or $10,000 into your business and you can land a client that can be 50,000, a hundred thousand dollars or more. Um, you you can't get that from the stock market. I mean, maybe if you're lucky in some, some wild ride on Tesla or something like that, you know, you, you've enjoyed the ride up, but, uh, typically that doesn't happen, right. Where with your business that happens and it's not only, uh, you know, I think it's quite, quite common, you know, in fact, we see this with so many of our clients over the years. So, uh, but you're right. I mean, it, it really is important for people to, be clear about what their goals are. And I think these days you see a lot of people online talk about big revenue numbers, but they're not telling you about what their profit numbers are. And so at the end of the day, you know, depending on what your goal is, um, making sure that you're in, you know, you're keeping money, you're saving money, you're investing money, uh, is, is really critical. But you know, that even being said, Brad, there's different people have different goals. You know, if your goal is to build up a a consulting firm we you know in a firm model where you have multiple employees and the goal is to kind of get bigger and bigger so you can be acquired down the road or even maybe you're building on a productized model where you're taking your services and you're figuring out how do you deliver them in a more kind of product like fashion. And the goal again, there is to build up more value in the firm and then sell it. Well, you might find you're actually keeping less, you know, your income is, is you're, you're minimizing that because you're investing everything back into the business. Um, and so that model, there's nothing wrong with that, right? For certain people, that's going to be the path they want to take. But for many others, uh, the goal is, hey, we, you know, we want to run a small kind of either solo, right, independent, or just a, a couple of team members, and our goal is really profitability. We don't have any intention of selling this thing down the road. We're not looking to get to ten million or twenty million dollars. We want a nice, you know, high six-figure or seven-figure consulting business that provides an amazing lifestyle, a lot of freedom, and we want it to be highly profitable. And so I think you know I talked about this during the the boot camp, but you know, getting clear about what model. Uh, is the right one for you can then influence the decisions that you make around finances and around marketing and, and around growth. But even before you decide on, on the model, it's even more important to decide, you know, what do you want on from a lifestyle perspective? What is meaningful for you? What does success look like for you? Uh, And once you're clear on that, then you can uh, decide what is the right model within your business to support the lifestyle that you want to have. And that way everything is going to be connected.
0: It's excellent advice, thank you, uh, Michael. Before we go, I want to give you some time to talk about how someone would register for some of your courses. Talk about the scholarship program that you have. Um, so, if people want to discuss further their opportunities in, in becoming a consultant, um, would love to have you spend a little time on that, if you could.
1: Yeah, happy to. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, we, we have two. You know. Um, kind of offerings or two, two ways that we work with consultants. And that's in addition to a lot of free stuff that we have. So we have the podcast, the consulting success podcast, which is, you know, working its way up towards 200 episodes. Um, We have about 27,000 listeners of of that each month. Uh, And then we have almost a thousand articles on our website, lots of videos. So there's lots of free content for people as well. They could just go there and get started without even investing anything. But for those that are looking for greater detail, kind of, you know, more granularity, more step by step. We have two programs. The first is called Momentum and that is for the new consultant, meaning that you're either transitioning from the corporate world or being an employee or a business owner and you want to now get into consulting. So that's the Momentum program and you go to our our website and and find out more information on that by clicking course. Uh, And then we have Clarity, which is our coaching program. And that's really for those that want a customized plan for their specific situation. Um, You know, they're looking to invest more because, they want more of that customization. They want to achieve results even faster. Um, and so, yeah, we've had hundreds of people go through uh, the Clarity program. Thousands of people go through the Momentum and other similar training programs that we have. Uh, and then you you talked about the scholarship. And so this is something that we've started to do quite recently, but we're really excited about. And it, it really, this came from the idea, we have a lot of people that reach out to us from all places around the world saying, hey, you know, we'd, we'd like to take your, even your Momentum program, but, it's just not feasible right now from a financial perspective. Um, you know, do you have any other options? And we've tried to work with people kind of on a case-by-case uh, basis to, to provide them access to it, but it's not always easy, and we certainly didn't have anything structured. And so what we decided to do is to create a scholarship. And so it's a one-for-one scholarship, which essentially means that uh, if someone is not in the financial position to invest into Momentum, uh, but they really are committed to becoming a successful consultant, then they can fill in the application for the scholarship uh, and then we go through it. And what we do is we give every time somebody purchases momentum, we then give access to someone else that isn't in the position to invest in momentum. Uh, we give them full access to it. So it's kind of like a, you know, you buy one, we give one. Um, and that way with our whole goal, you know, in terms of why we're, we're doing all this is to help the community, to help people to succeed um, and to be more successful in their lives and to be more fulfilled. And so, uh, our, our goal is therefore to help those that don't have access financially right now to to start to use this to build their business, to impact those around them, to help their communities, their families and so forth. Uh, and then we look forward to showcasing some of those people in terms of their stories and journeys of what they've been able to do since they've had access to momentum to hopefully inspire and motivate others going forward. So if anyone uh, is interested in learning more about that or any of the programs or just anything at all that we have, uh, you can go to ConsultingSuccess.com and, and find it all there.
0: Well, thank you, Michael. Consultingsuccess.com, that's a place where listeners will take a look at all of your offerings, the articles, the podcast, uh, potentially investing in, in your programs or uh, trying for a scholarship for your programs. Uh, your insight today has been invaluable. I really appreciate your time. Um, your, your expertise is impressive. And you're also a very generous person for taking time and helping people like Hunger for Success, people that are in need, people that are struggling, maybe even in transition that could really benefit from this, you know, this information. So, uh, thank you, Michael, for your time. This has been the Career Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Lebowski, President and Chair of Hunger for Success. And if you have any questions on what you've heard today or about our programs, please visit our website at help the letter H, the number four, the letter S.org. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to listening to you very soon. Thank you. This has been the Career Mentor Podcast, intellectual property of hunger for success. All rights reserved, 2020.